Hey everyone, before we get started, I just want to talk about our sponsor, Anchor. Anchor simply is the perfect place to go if you're trying to start a podcast. First off, free, that's great, but there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Super easy to use, super intuitive, Uh, and then once you have that edited, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places uh, where you listen to podcasts. And when they're distributed, you can start making money from your podcast right away. No minimum listenership. Start getting that anchor money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm right now to get started. Now, the Schooner Pod. Marcella Sutton checks in at running back. Murray will throw it over the middle. And it's caught over the middle. This is Lee Morris still running. Look at Morris. Can he get a block at the 10? Stiff arm. Touchdown, OU. 65 yards. Baker, who? Hello and welcome to the week two edition of the Schooner Pod. I'm your host, Bobby Howard, here, as always, with my venerable co-host, Jameson Maxwell. Ready to be back. So, Jameson, I gotta ask, did we overhype FAU? Because I kind of think we might have. Yeah, I think the question is, like, did we overhype FAU or did we underhype OU? I think it's a little bit of both, but definitely, I we definitely overhyped FAU. Uh, I don't know why we were putting stock in the Lane Kiffin. I think it's more just as OU fans, we're conditioned to not be super optimistic going into a season, and we really try to humble ourselves. You're a little different, Bobby. You really like putting OU into your playoff predictions every single year, but I'm I'm kind of a skeptic every like at the beginning of every season. But this team looked a lot different. Like my skepticism last week is really going away. Yeah, and honestly, you know what? Once I'm I'm a pretty optimistic person. I'm pretty sure I had us winning the national title when we had Paul Thompson <laughs> yeah, at quarterback. Yeah, that's not a good start to the year with that season either. <laughs> yeah, so naturally in my writing, I don't want to sound like such a huge homer. So I think I definitely kind of like kind of wanted to pump the brakes, see how Kyler Murray did. Um, but in general, I think that was an OU team that looks like the real deal. And on FAU's end, I don't. I guess I don't know as much as Lane Kiffin. I just don't think the Chris Robinson start was really the best of ideas. I think that he came out with a lot of like emotion and too much emotion for a mid-major team coming to a Power 5 conference, even like a big-time player as an OU. And that's his first college game that he's ever played, and he has to go against the team that he recruited and got dismissed from. I think that's a little too much emotion for a guy coming in to play their first game. DeAndre Johnson was the third quarterback to go in, and he honestly looked the best out of all of them. That's the one that me and Bobby discussed that we thought was going to start. So I'm really surprised that he didn't go out there and play. Kind of bad hindsight um, for uh, Lane Kiffin, I guess. Yeah, we we thought that it could happen, that Lane would just kind of go crazy and you know put in this unproven guy, and he, he did not look like uh, like a college football quarterback at all in, in uh, on Ode Field. So, we had a couple cha- little uh, surprises in uh, in terms of the starting lineups. Mainly, uh, your guy Buzzy, uh, yeah, Cur- Curtis Bolton got over uh, started over uh, Caleb Kelly. He today, I guess Monday, just uh, got named Big Twelve Defensive Player of the Week. So that's really good for whenever we were talking about last week. 
is there going to be an all first team Big Twelve defensive player? I I don't know if Curtis Bolton's your guy to be on that first team. I think he just had a really dang good week. Whenever he got the uh, pump block return for a touchdown, I guess not a return, just a recovery. Um, yeah, he was roaming all over the place. He's doing really really well. And it really made you think of he had to be really good to get all that hype in the preseason because he undertook Caleb Kelly, who's our stud for the past two years, our five-star recruit, one of the best people that Bob's um, recruiting the past five years. So I think we're gonna, we should see a lot of good things from Curtis Bolton in the future. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, but I don't. I also don't think we're done with Caleb Kelly. He actually had a pretty good game himself, uh, six tackles, which he, he was playing a lot of that in, uh, in, term, in terms of support. But I feel like there is a lot of shifting in the linebacker core and the uh, secondary uh, that some of these guys you're not going to see play all the way through. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of shifting. I think our defense is going to be a lot fresher than they have been in the past. Uh, and, yeah, I, I think I think our linebacker core looks pretty good. And I think it's really important that we have a deep defense now. I mean, with Addison Gums going down recently, if you all don't know, Addison Gums was your edge rusher. He just went down with a non-contact knee injury the day before the game. I don't know what was going on. I just walked through, and he just turned the wrong way. That I mean, that's really, really unfortunate. But uh, other other than that, at that edge rusher, I mean, we've got – two guys at each position that I feel pretty good with. So now with Caleb Kelly, he just he used to be an outside linebacker last year, and he just moved inside. And we thought that he had that position locked up, but Curtis Bolton just played too well in training camp took it. So now we've got to start to look at, should we move Caleb Kelly over? I mean, Mark Jackson is, who, is the edge rusher for us now, and he's more of a pass rusher guy, but he's not really kind of an all-around guy. So I would not be surprised if we start giving Caleb Kelly some looks there and seeing if he can kind of be an all-around guy, not have to rush the quarterback every single time, good run containment. Right now, the backup to Mark Jackson is John Michael Terry. He's also an inside linebacker that just got moved over there. So Caleb Kelly, I would not be surprised to be just in multiple different positions because I know he has the intelligence to do it. Yeah, definitely. And he, like you said, he, had, he has, has had experience you know, on the outside. Um, one of the bigger – not huge surprise, but – uh, we didn't really expect it. Buki, uh, Brandon Radley-Hiles, uh, ended up at strong safety instead of ne- uh, the nickel position. Yeah, that's what we reported whenever we recorded our little position podcast. Because that's what I was hearing from like all of my uh, – whenever I go in through – I don't – if you all don't know, I like to read all like the insider sites, but I will not pay for the insider sites. It is not I'm, – I'm just too frugal for that. But I find little tiny ways and little windows to find that information uh, through not paying for it. And there's a lot of news saying that he was going to be playing strong safety, but be all over the place. But whenever they released the roster, they had him starting at nickel and not at strong safety. But first snap, he was out there at strong safety. So, I, I mean, Lincoln's kind of, I mean, is Lincoln's trying to be a little sneaky like Bob Stoops? <laughs> yeah, not really divulging much to the media. Uh, but. How did, you, how did you think he played? I thought Buki was all over the place, making some good tackles. There were a couple plays that he probably should have finished and didn't, but the point is he's he was really in position, I yeah. feel like. Yeah, he had some big hits. He had one where he jumped around and almost got an interception. That would have been good. The ball was going really quick, though, so I mean, that, yeah. not, not your average person is going to catch that, but that would have been pretty cool to see him get a pick six. Other than that, I'm not going to say, wow, I'm like wowed by this guy because I've been hearing the hype for him for so long. For people that haven't heard the hype of him and saw this true freshman come out there, yes, buy in now. This kid's good, but I, I was—he did what I expected. 
I'd say. Yeah, I think he definitely had a good performance, but nothing like a huge shock. Speaking of some performances, though, that really did catch our eye, uh, the walk-on Lee Morris uh, caught an, an incredible touchdown, uh, just kind of wrestled the ball away uh, from from a defender and then just just a grown man run to the end zone. And he's a big man, and you know what they say? They say he's like one of the best athletes on the team, even though he was a walk-on. He has a 40-plus inch vertical as a big man like that. And he ran and like broke like three, four tackles and made it right in that corner. I could have sworn he stepped out, but he kept it in. Like he makes me think: Are we walk on you? We always say we're yeah. RBU, we're all O line you, all this stuff. But like we got Lee Morris to walk on. Just came out. I don't want to overhype it too much because I mean this was just one game they did. I mean he did well in Ohio State last year and everything. But other than that, he hasn't done much. But I mean Drake Stoops played awesome. He had a couple of eh. You know, but he had two catches. He played well. He had that really big block on the edge. Yeah, that was good. I mean, he's a little guy, so that looked pretty cool seeing him get out there. And you can know that his dad was pretty proud of him for getting out there and playing in the first game of the season. Yeah, we've always had really good scrappy uh, slot receivers that are very good at blocking. And I I could see Drake Stoops being pretty good at that. Um, But more about Lee Morris, the guy actually, uh, he he was the guy who uh, actually started that punt block. First and so, too. Something, honestly, that uh, just kind of shocked pretty much anyone who's watched OU football for a while, because that just doesn't happen. Special teams is one of our biggest weaknesses. Yeah, and we just hired this offseason Shane Beamer, who was over at Georgia, and we hired him as kind of like a recruiting, special teams analyst, kind of all over the place, but he, he specializes in special teams, and that is really key for us, because I can't tell you how many times I'm watching kickoff returns. I do remember that Missouri game. It was a Thursday night. They were all black, and they returned. I think it was Jeremy Macklin who returned it versus us, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think it was Jeremy Macklin. There's two Missouri games where they returned kicks versus us, but uh, like that one is stuck in my memory. We've always had trouble with our special teams. I mean, yeah, Austin Seibert missed a field goal. I mean, I, I guess I kind of overhyped him as well too much. I thought he could be one of our best returners, but I mean, that was a 53, 54 yard field goal, so there's not much. But I mean, Shane Beamer said, hey, look, I'm here. I'm not some kind of random coach you don't hear about. Like, I'm trying to make this special teams actually something. Yeah, I feel like under in the Stoops era, it's always an afterthought, always one of our biggest issues. Um, and it, it can turn a game. I, all you have to do, look what Shane, Shane Beamer did in the Rose Bowl last year. Uh, I mean, he wasn't the one who physically blocked it, obviously. But that blocked field goal in overtime clearly changed the tide of that of that Rose Bowl. And another big surprise for us, uh, which you put in your Skinner blog, your player of the week, was Ronnie yep. Perkins. That was another freshman we were really hyping in our position pod that we were talking about. He's from St. Louis, big-time four-star guy. He didn't start. We had Imani Bledsoe and Kenneth Mann. He's a defensive end uh, starting in front of him. But he got right in that next drive, and he made two big plays and stopped him on a three and out. Like, he, he dominated the one single drive all by himself. Yeah, he uh, – I mean, what can I say about the guy? He, as, a, as a true freshman, the guy really got his nose in there, Got really got uh, – was just all over FAU. They – four solo tackles. They really couldn't do anything to stop the man. Uh, and, and for a D-line that we thought would be pretty sparse, it's actually looking pretty solid. Uh, Neville Gallimore did did pretty well. Kenneth Mann did pretty good. They, they just weren't really allowing anything from David Montgomery, who had just a very bland game. Uh, that, uh, almost David Montgomery. Uh, yeah, 
That, that's the, that's your wrong name there, Bobby. De- Devin Singletary. Devin, Devin, Devin we were just Mag- talking oh, about. Oh God, I, I just, I, I'm out here planning for Ames. I, I got. I, I, God, it's De- Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary. I'm, I'm planning for Ames, Iowa. Um, I, I got, got myself a nice little Airbnb. They're haunting my dreams from last year. I, I, jeez, I, woof. Hey, it's Labor Day. Give me a break. Call uh, Chris Mim, uh, <laughs> just uh, football oh, player for the Baylor wide receiver. Right we there. we will. I, we didn't catch that for thirty minutes. I'm glad we caught that one out we, in like ten seconds. We will improve our, our work on the names, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. Um, Devin Singletary, he's got a. How quick can you turn to, uh, get rid of billboards? Honestly, like pretty quick. I hope. I, hope. I mean, LeBron James showed us they can get rid of those pretty quick, even whenever they're that big. But, yeah, they uh, got they got to take down that Heisman campaign uh, ASAP. Got to save a little money in Boca Raton. He still had eighty yards and touch him up, but I, I mean, after yeah. this, like no way, man from FAU can win a Heisman. Uh, another thing, another guy that I really liked. I love Trey Brown. That's probably. If you have to ask me my favorite player on this team, just kind of like someone different, I really like Trey Brown. I kind of cheer for those guys that I feel like should get more minutes and should start. I think that he should be starting over the other cornerbacks. I, I really, really like Parnell Motley. You heard me say he could be a first Big 12 kind of guy. I just, Trey Norwood, he did all right, don't get me wrong, but Trey Brown, he like he's shown his athleticism. He's in the kickoff return now. Like You can tell the coaching staff really likes him. Yeah, um, and... I, I think both Parnell and Trey Brown uh, did incredible, especially in the open field tackles, which it, tackling was one of the chief concerns for this defense. Looks like Mike Stoops actually taught him how to do it, uh, which is very good. Um, granted, it is FAU, but like the technique, the, um, uh, the, the, the people, the guys were in position. I think that that's pretty huge. No, I think that's definitely what it was. You weren't seeing a lot of guys, I mean, not from the, like the corner position, but just like talking about linebackers and D linemen, we did really well standing in our gaps, not trying to just shoot up and just trying to make a big play. We played really smart and sound. We didn't really give Singletary much room to run, and that's why you saw so many of these three and outs and not many uh, good conversions from them because we just played smart because we knew we had the players to stop a mid-major team. We They weren't going to outplay us. Yeah. Well, all this talk, and we haven't even talked about kind of the man of the day, Kyler Murray. How would you grade uh, the first performance from uh, – the new OU uh, starting quarterback. Like you, like I was saying earlier, I'm like kind of a skeptic whenever it comes into the beginning of the season. Now I'm buying in, and Kyler, I'm not fully bought in. I'm not saying he's going to win the Heisman or anything. I think that he, I'm not saying he's going to be up to Baker Mayfield level. I'm saying he's going to be the quarterback that we need to lead us maybe towards a playoff. I think our team everywhere around Kyler is way better than when we had last year, even though that's crazy to hear. We've got so many. We got four returners on the offensive line. We got our wide receivers. We got our running backs back. Like, our offense is good. We just needed that quarterback to step in. And Kyler played really efficient with 8 of 11. That's great. He had an extremely good QBR. Um, I think it's like, our, did you see that OU's um, net efficiency was the best in the country? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. we were like 99.9 percentile of offense efficiency. And that you thank that for Kyler Murray, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, and the cool thing that I was looking into Kyler Murray, so we were talking about it last week of – who's going to be the better wide receiver, C.D. or Marquise. And we kind of agreed it would be C.D., but Marquise really showed out. That man walked in with a Blendikoff jersey into the game. He said, yeah, y'all are going to see today. Like, this, I, like I'm going to do good. And he, after you do that, you got to show up, man. And he, he got eight of the 11 targets from Kyler. So who do you think the favorite for Kyler is if he's thrown eight of 11 of his throws that he threw in the game to one person? 
Marquise had six catches. The other three thro- throws were completions to Calc Terras and then Drake Stapes and Lee Morris. So, I mean, I still think that we should see a lot from CD, even though he didn't have a catch in the first half. Uh, I think for his better defenses, we're going to see a lot more of him because there's a lot of more back shoulder passes, up for grab throws. Even though Marquise had an up for grab throw right there on that right sideline in the game, yeah, I, I don't think we need to be worried about CD at all. Not at all. I, I don't think there is any worry uh, in this offense, but I also think we should probably pump the brakes on it. If anything, this offense was too efficient for us to make any takes on because they were just too darn good. Uh, I, I mean, if your starter... I mean, Kyler only had 11, 11 pass attempts out by out before the end of before halftime. Uh, Rodney Anderson only five carries, but a hundred yards, two touchdowns. It was it was it's it's a very small sample size because these guys were scoring pretty much every other t- play. I mean, uh, the play count was some something in the sixties. I think it was sixty. Sixty three. I mean, including the three victory lap little knee down. Yeah, FAU's defense could not stay like could not stay off the field, and we didn't expect much from their defense to begin with. We just thought their offense would be a little bit better. So all in all, I think we did overhype FAU, but we really underhyped OU, and it sucks because I feel like I kind of doubted Lincoln Riley a little bit, and I feel like this game, yes, we showed that we have some good players, but what it really showed is we've got a genius of a coach. And we had a completely different quarterback than what Baker Mayfield was in Kyler Murray, and he completely adapted and showed that he is still should be the best offensive coach in the nation. Bobby, did you see that uh, article? I forget what it was by. I think it might have been SB Nation or something that they were saying the best offensive college football coach minds in like all the nation. They didn't put Lincoln in the top ten, and they had Nick Saban as number two. I have no idea how I missed that. I have no, ESPN man. They just I Saban's. <laughs> Saban's great. Don't get me wrong. You don't win five national championships being mediocre. I but come on, Lincoln Riley is a genius. Yeah, they didn't have Lincoln even in the top ten. Like it was. I I'll have to go look and see who that was written by. But it was embarrassing. And like all like, all the OU like you know like the OU forty year old fans on Twitter were getting really <laughs> mad about it. Of course, <laughs> I I can I can only imagine the amount of photoshoppers on Twitter yeah. just just freaking out about it. Um. Which I, I people are going to understand. I think there's a stigma about Lincoln Riley that he just kind of inherited uh, what Bob Stoops had. Bob Stoops, what 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 OU was before Lincoln Riley, that was a dark place. Mm-hmm. Out here scoring six points against Clemson in the uh, Russell Athletic Bowl, that was not and Bob was, was not good. And he was Bob was really close to retiring after the game, and he probably very well should have. But I'm very glad he waited a little bit. And whenever we heard that news that Bob was get like leaving, I mean everyone it was it was a panic. But now I we've got to thank God that that happened because our do you like complacency because Bob Stoops was going in complacency. He had lost all of his spark, and we needed a new young guy to completely change the mindset of this program. Yeah, as good as Baker Mayfield was, I I really don't see him being the type of quarterback he is, or he ended up being without Lincoln Riley. I mean, could you imagine? Josh Heupel and no, uh, uh-uh. Jay Novell chasing or trying to teach him that. Like, yeah, no, I don't think it would have been bad, but I, I just don't think, I don't think that uh, without the offensive creativity of Lincoln Riley, that Baker Mayfield would have done that. And as you can see, it's it's not just a Baker Mayfield thing. Kyler Murray looked incredible. Uh, the whole offense did. So, mm-hmm. anything else you got from the game? Um, well, it was really hot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, th- I think. Uh, 
Jeez, I it, it's hard to really sum it up because I think OU looked incredible. Um, I guess we'll start seeing as the season progresses if FAU is actually that good. I think they probably are. I think they probably learned a lot from this. But uh, yeah, on to UCLA. So yeah, UCLA. I'm I'm excited for it. I wasn't excited before this game. UCLA just lost to Cincinnati, twenty-six to seventeen. That's up for concern, but every single week, week one, there's teams that don't show out, don't do that well, and Vegas will really overhype it, and the fans, especially the undereducated fans, are going to go like, oh, this is just, everyone's, they're just the worst, they're just complete trash after one game, but these are young 18-year-old kids who are coming out, some of them for the first game ever, you know, going out there, they're going to they're gonna have a learning curve with there. So, I mean, news that's coming from this UCLA game, Charleston Rambo, one of our big-time wide receivers, he's to return. I don't think we really need him that much after what I saw from the wide receiving crew, but he's still a really good weapon if he goes out there and plays. Um, UCLA's quarterback uh, that started for them, Wilton Spate, Michigan transfer, got injured during the game, and uh, he had their backup as a true freshman, uh, Thompson Robinson. That's his last name. He has two last names. Uh, he uh, went in, and he's a true freshman. He was the number four quarterback in the 2018 class. He's a mobile. He's a quick guy. And it's looking like he'll start. Yeah, and I, I think, unfortunately, it's probably not looking good for Wilton Spate's career. I mean, last last year he cracked a vertebrae against Purdue, missed the rest of the season for Michigan, and he had a he had a same back injury in the exact same kind of area. It Back injuries are hard to recover from. Just look at Steve Nash's end of, at the end of his career with the Lakers. He, he couldn't if you, if, you, if you have a hurt back, you can't pretty much do anything. Now back is like the thing is those back injuries it radiates to your whole body. People with knee injuries, yes, ligaments, tendons are big, but the whole rehab with a knee injury is just secluded to your leg and strengthening up the muscles around that ligament. With your back injury, you have to take into account that whenever you're recovering, you are in complete sedation. You're not moving, so the whole PT process afterwards, you have to make sure all your muscles are intact in your legs and your arms and your back and everything good to go. Yeah, it's so it's probably it's probably going to be the uh, young freshman out of uh, Las Vegas, um, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Uh, he is mobile, um, but he's very raw. He only started playing uh, quarterback his senior year of uh, high school, so he's not exactly seasoned at all. Um, but he had he had an all right game uh, against Cincinnati. Didn't do anything fantastic. Got sacked four times, so he, he didn't have a very good pocket presence. Um, I just I don't really know if we should worry about like any of these quarterbacks, even if Spate miraculously comes back, it's not like he's a world beater. I would love for Spate to come back. You know why? Because I just, any, I don't care who you are. If you're a mobile quarterback and you're playing OU, I am just immediately nervous. Our track record with them is horrible. Uh, I just, I, every single mobile quarterback that we've played in the past, not every single one, but I'm talking about like, okay, whenever we played Johnny Manziel, we lost by what, like 30 or 40 yeah. You know, Tim like, Tebow. Like Tim Tebow when we played West Virginia and uh, the lefty guy. Oh, uh, 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 it was uh, oh. Steve Slayton was the running back in Pat, Pat White. Pat White. Pat, Pat White. White. Yeah. So Pat White, he destroyed us. Um, it's just like, how did we forget Deshaun Watson? Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> there, there's another one. The most recent of all of them. Yeah. Uh, I, we always have issues against him. That's that's one of the reasons why I was worried about Iowa or Ohio State last year is J T Barrett. Well, JT Barrett's slow. That's the good thing. Like he's not. He's like that more. I. It's kind. I mean, kind of similar to how Cardell Jones was before him and everything. Like he has the ability to run. 
he just doesn't really like he's not like a run first kind of guy. Yeah. And he's not he's not as fast and athletic as some of the other guys. But with this Thompson Robinson guy, like he's a quick athlete. So like he can move around and understand that he didn't just play quarterback until um, his senior year of high school. But it shows a lot if that was his first time playing quarterback and he was ranked number four quarterback in that 2018 class. He's got some potential. And Chip Kelly as a coach for the UCLA Bruins there could really make him into something good, but he's getting pushed into a situation pretty quick. Yeah. He, he didn't have a great QBR last last week, uh, a 4.7 QBR. Yeah. Yeah, that's not that That's good. quite <laughs> bad, but um, I, it'll be interesting to see what he has to do. Uh, this UCLA team, as everyone know, knows for the most part, has Chip Kelly, uh, former, uh, former NFL coach, but really his brilliance came at Oregon. Um and if you look at this team, he didn't exactly inherit a great UCLA team. They just lost, um, I mean, they just lost Josh, Josh, Rosen. Josh Rosen, um, and you, they don't have pretty much any running backs. They the only the only player who had over twenty yards last week was Kashmir Allen, who had a seventy four yard run and ended the day with one hundred three yards. I, it's pretty bad. It's the rushing game's pretty bad. There are really no receivers of note on the offense. Um, it, it just, this is not really a, a huge team. I know there's a lot of, like, there's a brand recognition there with UCLA and Chip Kelly, but if you look under the hood, I don't really think this is, this is just kind of a young team. I think they have a lot of growing up to do. And I think, uh, Norman, Oklahoma is the worst place to try to grow up. Yeah, definitely. And the line on it right now is minus 25. It's taken to a lot into account that uh, Cincinnati just beat them and OU just stomped FAU. So it's probably going to change a little bit by the time the game time rolls around, especially with the weather. I don't know if you've like seen it recently, but it's supposed to be like a monsoon of raining. It's supposed tropical to Tropical storms coming in. Yeah, I forget what is the tropical storm I, name. It's something really derpy. It's probably like David or something. <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, just I, some I generic man, like dude name. It's Gordon. Go- it's Gordon? Gordon? Yeah, it's oh, Gordon. Oh, God. Yeah, so, but... Uh, so we're going to be getting rain the whole week in Oklahoma City, uh, Norman area. So that's definitely going to impact things, especially, I mean, good for a running quarterback. He, he's kind of uh, squeamish, you know. He might be slipping around. But uh, good for I think good for a power running back game for us with Rodney Anderson. Definitely. Um, but the whole thing, go back to Chip And, and especially with that, sorry to cut, out, cut yeah. off, but especially with the running game, I mean, uh, UCLA was one of the worst running defense teams last year. They gave up an average of 287 yards last year. And they somehow almost gave up 200 yards to a, a Cincinnati running game that didn't even have their be- best running back. Yeah, and to any of y'all last year, just you know, inside what Bobby's talking about, if any of y'all watched the bowl games and you're a Big 12 homer and watched that K-State game. My sleeper! Yeah, K-State. Well, I mean, we can get back into that a little bit later in the show, but K-State ran all over them. Like all over them, it was Alex Delton looked like he was like the Messiah in that game. Like he looked like he's gonna be next year like a stud. Didn't do that well this week, but I mean <laughs> he's still got t- plenty of time to improve. But uh, yeah, UCLA's run defense is not good. It's not gonna help with the weather at all either. Uh, what I was gonna say though, with Chip Kelly and everything, he has such a brand name. He was like one of the best coaches in the nation, no doubt about it, because he brought in a new style of offense, this tempo offense. And it's kind of similar. I feel like college football and just football in general goes in through goes through fads. You know, like right now in the NFL, it's the RPO. Everyone loves the RPO. 
But they like before that, you had like running quarterbacks. You had Colin Kaepernick, Russell Wilson, RG three. Those were the studs. And then those passed. Now RG three's just a backup quarterback, and Colin Kaepernick's not even playing in the league. But back when Chip Kelly was at Oregon, it was this tempo offense that was this new fad that no one. And same thing with the Wildcat too. Wildcat's not as good as he used to be. But uh, this tempo offense was so different that defenses had not been able to prepare for it, and they weren't conditioned well enough to go against this tempo offense that they were just steamrolling everyone at Oregon, just putting up massive amounts of points. But now in today's offense, I mean, especially in the Big 12, like, we are very, very used to going against tempo. Like, this is just a new time of the game. We play against Cliff Kingsbury. We play against Gundy. Like, we see these every single year. So I don't think this is anything to be scared of Chip Kelly. To be completely honest, I don't think Chip Kelly uh, going against a Big 12 team is a really good idea for his first, uh, first year because his style of offense, we are all ready for him but he really didn't have that choice. So I don't think we have anything to be scared of just because Chip Kelly's on the other team. I don't think that gives them any kind of weight behind their name. No, not at all. And I I think some people naturally will think that UCLA should be better because they have UCL and A in their name. But I, I, I don't really see much. Do you see anything on the defense that really gets yeah, you? They, I mean, they, they this... recruit well every year. So my player to watch for this game is a guy named Jalen Phillips. He's the number one overall recruit in the 2017 class. Last week he had nine tackles and a sack. This guy's really, really good. If he can get around our tackles, if he can bully up on Cody Ford. I mean, but our, both of our tackles look really, really good. I really like the way Bobby Evans played. I really hope that Jalen Phillips can be playing on Bobby Evans' side because he plays that. I'm pretty sure, and I don't know how what he I'm probably moves around now, but he was recruited as a weak side guy, so he'd be going against Bobby Evans. I'm very confident in Bobby Evans, but you're going to see some play through Jalen Phillips. It was kind of like that. I see him making the same effect as that linebacker, that weird last name that F, you know that it was really which, which one was it that for oh, FAU? Oh, the Al Jazeera guy. Yeah, that yeah. kind of it's kind of similar role. He's gonna have like a sack. He's gonna make a couple big plays. But other than that, I don't really think UCLA has much to uh, look for. No, I, I, this this O line, I I put them against pretty much any D line, and I think they'll do great. Mm-hmm. I, agree. I I I would. I'm not even. I'm not saying I want this because I don't. But seeing it against seeing our O line against an Alabama or a Clemson. I think that would be interesting. Now, Clemson, you are that is a very, very heavy order because <laughs> if you okay, I can. There's an argument for OU's offensive line is the best in the country. Yes, definitely. Not, I don't think we can say that right now because we've got a lot to learn. We saw that Alvarez got the start over Humphrey. Yeah, I think that's a good, good move, move on that end because Alvarez experience, he knows what he's doing. Center, and then I think I saw something about Creed Humphrey's like left-handed, and that's kind of like weird. I've heard him. that. Yeah, so, they, so. they asked Lincoln Riley about it in this week's uh, press conference, and he was like, "Yeah, it is. It is kind of like weirdly throwing throwing things off." I I don't really I don't really know the intricacies of really, center. But I mean, I don't really. I is it really that? Can you snap with your right hand? Most left-handed people are ambidextrous. So I mean, I'm sure yeah. you can fix it, but I mean. If that's really what made Creed Humphrey not win the job, that kind of sucks, honestly. I, I would be very mad about it. I'm sure he can. I mean, I'm sure if it is, I, can, I think he could learn to be uh, ambidextrous in yeah. in the summer. But I don't know. I, th- I think they just liked what Alvarez had with his experience, and they thought he provided the best chance to win. So. But with the Clemson thing, yeah, they've got three defensive linemen that are going to be top first round picks: yeah. Colin Farrell, Dexter Lawrence, Christian Wilkins, like. I would love to see them, but I would be shitting my pants if we're playing Clemson. This, I, that yeah. team is really good. They they are really good. I would be worried about them. Now, speaking of Clemson, nice segue here, right? Moving into our uh, predictions for uh, for next week. 
Clemson has to go to uh, College Station, Texas. Ooh-wee. They're favored by 11 and a half. Um, well, I, I, what do you think? I kind of think that this is just, I, I've been waiting for this all offseason because Texas A&M will not shut the heck up about how good they are and our boy Jimbo going to lead us to 10 wins. <laughs> no, you guys are about to get blown out at home at Kyle Field. And it's going to be an absolutely just wonderful moment of schadenfreude for anyone who's had to deal with their Twitter. Just as bad as the Texas, uh, just just as it'll be just as fun as when Texas lost last week. I I think Clemson blows them out. I think this is going to be an easy easy cover. Um, I think Kelly Brighton has a good game. I think it's just going to be an absolute beatdown. I think it's going to be exactly like that, and I think the Clemson backups are going to get some good snaps, too. Well, versus a very good uh, SEC defense, right? Oh, yeah, clearly. SEC defense. They're clearly better. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, as OU fans, we are subjected to be tired of what the Aggies say up north in Stillwater, and we are very subjected to be really tired of what the Aggies say down south, down in College Station. Especially recently, they've been kind of our big recruiting guys that we're going against. And they're like, oh, since we're SEC, we have all this better like limelight and everything. Like, and, and they actually convince some of these kids that they can actually have a better life down there at College Station. Well, if you really enjoy losing by 30-something to Clemson this weekend, uh, go ahead. Go down to A&M. Leon O'Neal, I'm adding you right now. <laughs> um, yeah, wake him up. So, uh I think Clemson's going to blow like blow away this 11.5-point spread. Uh, like I said, Clolin Farrell, Dexter Lawrence, Christian Wilkins, I'm going to say those names again because you need to remember them when you're watching that A&M game. Watch how good this Clemson defensive line is. I think even though Alabama showed us how good Tua and them are versus Louisville last weekend, I think Clemson no doubt is the best team in the nation. But Jameson, uh, Jimbo done beat Clemson a couple years ago, oh, and yeah. uh, he went to the playoff and has a national title. He's going to do it to, with the Aggies. Oh, man. All y'all boys on Twitter. Oh, yeah. The Twitter, what? the A&M Twitter fingers, man. It's going to be great. Yeah, but. I'm telling you. I mean, it's like the same thing. It was Facebook about five years ago, but whenever the older generation gets hold of new social media platforms, it gets worse and worse. And OU is just like, we're horrible about it, too. Yeah, but it's just bad. like... But A&M also, like, come on, man. At least we're actually good and have reasons yes. to be just If ridiculous. we were bad and we had all those gunners on there saying, like, like <laughs> constantly telling people that we're not Oklahoma University and we're the University of Oklahoma, I'd be getting kind of frustrated. I already am, but thank yeah. God we're actually backing up and doing well. But so for predictions, I got Clemson covering. Bobby's got Clemson covering. So what we're going to kind of do every single week, we're going to do, what is it, eight games? Yeah, every eight, eight week. games a week. And we had Blake Crowley on last week. He's one of our high school friends, but he was in the. We posted an article with our predictions, but we're we're going to put down the article every single week. But we're also going to say it in this podcast too, and we're going to keep a running tally. Last week we really didn't do so well of like doing it by spread. We're going to be kind of doing it like we're betting now, yeah. Because especially this week, there's not many games where it's like there's toss up. There's not many pickums unless you want me to be picking. Like really irrelevant games. Yeah, and it, I mean Kansas would be an easy win for us every week yeah. because we just vote against them. Uh, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, hey, we everyone went two and one against uh, against Kansas with nickels. So, I mean, we'll I I, I we're I think spreads are the, are the way to go, especially as we get deeper into Big Twelve season. Um, and what's our record right now? With the do uh, you have it? Well, currently you're in lead in the lead. Um, we were, <laughs> I think we were some like. Uh, hold on, let me pull. I up. think it was like four and all. Everyone was four and three. Everyone, yeah, and we, then I picked LSU right. 
Yeah. And y'all didn't y'all pick Miami. Oh, Blake so had, hard on Blake that. said this is easy money minus three and a half, and I was just giving them crap the whole time in the group text. Mm. I was like, I was like, come on, man! Like Miami lost their last couple games of the season last year. That horrible momentum. They're coming in. How about that that fake turnover chain oh. that they, that they put on for uh, the LSU? The little little towel around. They're just making oh. And Miami just thought they had, Miami thought they had two turnovers right at the beginning, and they didn't get them either. And that was just so wonderful. I felt so good with that. LSU, like I said last week, Joe Burrow's good. He didn't make that many big-time plays. But with LSU, you don't need those as a quarterback. You just need a guy who can throw for about 200 yards, and that's what he did. Yeah, it was it was a painful lesson to all of us at Miami indeed. Uh, they were probably back last year. They have now gone away. Um, they have dissipated into a tropical storm, and it's probably called... Uh, Jerry or something, <laughs> something very lame. Gordon. Gordon. Well, it, it probably Jerry's worse than Gordon. At least yes. it's it's bad in Miami. I would be worried about them. I don't. I, I do. Think, I, they're I, gonna fall. Apart. I think. I don't think that they're gonna be really too much this year to see. I think that they will be good competition for people in the ACC. Kind of give us some good games here and there. But I don't think they're anything to say in like the playoff race. Kind of like what we were thinking last year. They could possibly make it into the playoffs. I, I, that's not gonna happen this year. Yeah, um, and one of the other games from last week, we were all wrong on Michigan, whiffed hard I, on that. I am extremely embarrassed about that. My Shea Patterson, Dark Horse Heisman, uh, i still going to stick with that's still a possibility. I said that if you were going to put your money on it, you could do that, because not, not many people were picking it. And uh, he just didn't look too comfortable. Uh, I think it sheds a lot more light on uh, the coaching situation down there, rather than the players. Uh Notre Dame looked really good. It did. I think they're a team that can make it to the playoffs this year because you know how Notre Dame's schedule is. I mean, it's it, it it's it's kind of good. I mean, they got they got Stanford, they got USC, mm-hmm. uh, they got several uh, ACC teams. I haven't actually paid much attention, but like they they have a schedule that's good enough, but they also don't have to play in the ACC championship exactly. game. Exactly. So it, it, it's really just it it's 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 annoying. Unfortunately, we have to deal with another season of Notre Dame being good. Um, yeah, I always sleep on Notre Dame, though. I don't know why it is. Maybe it's because they're just not in a conference or anything. But with Michigan last week, yeah, I'm not going to lie to y'all. I had them in my preseason playoff prediction. It's still a shot because the good thing with those first games of the season, if you schedule big and you lose it, it doesn't matter. And if you win it, you can use it. As long as they win out, they can still make it in. We'll tell you our playoff predictions at the end, so stay tuned for that. But let's go back. Yeah, we, to we our got we got very off topic there, but that's okay. Predictions: um, USC yeah, at Stanford yes. minus four. Go for it, Bobby. Um, well, you know, USC didn't really look great last last week. Uh, kind of struggled with UNLV. JT Daniels looked very rough. I don't, I don't really know if I I don't know I don't I don't really like either of these teams to go long like long term. Um, I, I I don't think either are playoff teams. However, I think Stanford is significantly significantly better than USC, and I have uh, I have them winning. Um, UNLV ran the ball really well on um, on USC's offense or uh, defense. What am I saying? And I think Bryce Love is just going to tear it up. Uh, I got Stanford, and I got them covering uh, the uh, the four points. So yeah, I I like okay. So J T. Daniels, true freshman quarterback, he's coming out of modern day high school, really highly touted. Uh, uh, recruit and he won that starting job and yeah he didn't I mean he had like 200 yards and a touchdown I mean that's pretty decent for a freshman but I wasn't blown away by him he also came to USC with his high school teammate Amon Ross St. Brown 
He's the little brother of Aquinamus St. Brown. He played at um, Notre Dame. Aquinamus? Aquinamus. 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 Okay, that yeah, works. It's like <laughs> E-Q-U-A-N-I-M-E-O-U-S. Okay, like like, yeah. like equine, like horses. I I, I'm, it, yeah, I'm guessing so, but this guy's name is Amon Ra. So okay, that's uh, it's that's also, easier. It's a family of weird names, uh, <laughs> but he threw to Amon Ra so much. I feel like he's not really comfortable in that offense yet. He's got the talent, but he's kind of. I've got my high school man. I'm just going to throw it to him every single time. Yeah. And I think whenever you're playing against a bad team like UNLV, you can do that. But when you're playing against Stanford, it you, it's going to be harder. Stanford's at home. Yeah. I really like USC. I really like Stanford. I think Stanford being at home is what's going to push it over. Bryce Love did not play well last week. I don't think we need to go and say Bryce Love just had a fluke. I mean, Bryce Love, um, I'm saying Bryce Love had a fluke. I'm saying he's a great player. He still had good twitch. He just wasn't hitting the holes. They've got their own line. Stanford always has a good O line. And what I think is the reason Bryce Love's going to do so well for the rest of the season is because they've got a passing attack out there. KJ Costello. He's a returner. He's been playing quarterback for there a couple years now. He threw for 400 yards, like four touchdowns, I think, and he threw three of them to J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. He had like 225 yards. Like, Stanford's got a dang good offense this year, and you don't say that that often. No, you, you don't outside of uh, the perennial uh, running up, a Heisman runner-up that usually yes. shows up there. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Moving on, we got Georgia out at South Carolina. Georgia's favored by nine and a half. This is these are early, but um, I think I think this line is really kind of really low. Uh, I thought I think Georgia's significantly better than South Carolina, but um, South Carolina I think ruined a lot of Vetter's days with um, their with their Coastal Carolina win. They uh, yes. definitely <laughs> so many people picked the Chanticleers to uh, cover, but. Um, and Jake Bentley, he did okay for South Carolina, threw four touchdowns. There's no way that this team is actually good enough to like to probably keep it close with Georgia. I think I think it will definitely be a game, but I think Georgia wins by let's say two touchdowns and some change. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Georgia nine and a half is kind of it makes me really second guess. Like, okay, they're going at South Carolina. South Carolina's got a decent team. I like Jake Bentley. I think he's pretty good. I uh, like what I saw. I understand that he wasn't playing against a good team last last week, um, but you gotta pick Georgia to pick that spread. I mean, nine and a half. Like you get you get the ten points there. So if they win by ten, you get it. Yeah. And I think that I think ten to fourteen range is what Georgia's gonna win. But I think it's gonna be a very low scoring game. Jake Fromm had an efficient game last week. He was solid, but really nothing to tip your hat at. Their D looked great. The pitch to shut out. I think South Carolina's also got a decent D. Um, I think it's going to be a back and forth, good long drives, maybe field goals here and there, and Georgia wins by about ten to fourteen. I think I think that's a good pick. Um, now, I've been waiting for this. Kansas at Central Michigan. Central Michigan's favored by a touchdown. My boys from Nichols, the Colonels, came through big in Lawrence, got that win. Jamison doubted me. Blake Crowley rode with me. But we pulled it out in overtime. They just barely, they, they needed it. They needed that overtime. My colonels, though. I had, I, I got to give it up to you on that one, Bobby. <laughs> I, I, I knew that there was a chance because anything's possible with Kansas football. But <laughs> here's how hype I was. I actually, I actually uh, bought ESPN Plus just so I could watch the overtime. So, oh. and he, I, when he texted me this, and I go, oh no, Bobby, no, <laughs> no, don't do it. Oh, I got it. Well, actually, it's free trial, so I'm gonna have to unsub as oh, yeah. soon okay, as yeah. I can. Yeah, make sure you get on that. Yeah, I, I, I'll I'll be on it. But so, so what are you Central doing? Michigan? Um, 
I I got Central Michigan. It's at, it's it's in wherever Central Michigan is, the middle of Michigan. Uh, <laughs> so I just I, I I know they're you know a MAC team, but it's Kansas is not good. I think Central Michigan they're not as good as they used to be in you know like the rush era. The um, OSU win area. Oh yeah. So this oh, is, excuse is, me to all you Aggies that are listening. I guess <laughs> OSU won that game. Oh yeah, they they did win it. I forgot like your rings say otherwise, but mm-hmm. you guys lost. You can't can't just make up wins, um, so or championships, which yes. whatever fantasy land OSU lives in. Let the, let the little brother play play pretend. Um, let them do whatever they need to do. Yeah. So play. I got Central Michigan getting their second straight win against the Big Twelve squad. Um, Jameson, do you think Kansas is this is their time to get one of the two? KU bounces back. I oh, said God. they'd win two. I didn't think they'd win it last <laughs> week, but but now I've got, they've got to get their two wins. I think they can get it versus Central Michigan and Rutgers. KU bounce back game, plus seven. I think they win straight up. Reason? There's no reason. I, I next, think, next game. <laughs> yeah, got to scoot on as fast as you can for that. Uh, next, we got the Iowa, Iowa State at Iowa. Uh, it's Iowa's, Iowa's favored by three and a half. It's Iowa State's first game. Uh, last game got canceled due to uh, thunderstorms. Probably, I think the same thunderstorm that got Lincoln. Um, yeah. So, and Iowa, Iowa had a pretty easy win against Northern Illinois. They won like thirty-eight to three or something. Or uh, either way, um, Iowa State at Iowa. I think both teams were pretty good last year. An all-time classic last year. Mm, yes. uh, we that actually was, that was a good one. Wasn't that when we were down in Ohio? Yeah, State? we were yeah. actually both at the same bar in Ohio State, just uh, just hanging out watching it. I, it was this weird. It was two dollar beers, two dollar beers, <laughs> but it was like a juice bar slash like nightclub. Slash really weird it, dance floor. It's probably closed down. It, it doesn't matter because they're serving two dollar beers. It was so. it, the greatest thing. Also, the most bizarre business model. Anyways, we got we got the rematch. It's in Iowa, uh, so I I think both teams look good. Um, I just don't. I, I like Iowa State. I I think they're I I kind of think they're going to lose this one. I I think not having a, a warm up before really hurts them. Uh, I think I think usually whenever you have a team that has this much momentum that doesn't have it there's always a disappointment and starting off against your rival i just i see uh i see the hawkeyes getting this win yeah i think iowa could win i just think it's gonna be a really close game because yeah it kind of sucks that they didn't have a warm-up and everything but with rivalry games you always come out hot doesn't matter if you've had a game beforehand you're always ready to go i think oh, i was Iowa State and Iowa are both quality average teams this year. I don't really have anything bad or good to say about either of the teams. Uh, but I think that Iowa State still will be hungry. If Iowa wins, I think it'll be by three. But I'm going to do that Iowa State plus three and a half. Honestly. Yeah. I, okay. That's. I think that's. I think that's a pretty good. Either call, I think, are good. I would not, I'm not betting this game. I would not bet it. It's too much of a toss up, but And I think I think Iowa kinda got the three and a half there, just kinda the home field advantage, the rivalry game. I think what is the rule like home field gets like four points or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. So all right. let's move on to Mississippi State versus Kansas State. Mississippi State right now is at minus seven and a half. Who knows how that's gonna fluctuate in the meantime because of Overreaction from K-State's wonderful game. Bobby's big-time sleeper in the Big 12 versus South Dakota. Yeah, my, uh, oh my gosh, I was really, really bummed for my guys. It was really scary there, but we, we made it out. Me and my Wildcats, uh, just, we, we eked out a win. 
Um, I feel like Bill Snyder and his Kansas State teams always start off horribly slow. They've been upset that's by fair. D two teams before. Yes, that's fair. Um, I don't know. This is a quick turnaround. Uh, I I hate to abandon my dark horse this early. I think they'll still do good in conference play, but I you got to go Mississippi State on this one. I, I think I think the line's close. I think it's going to be a close game. I just I have Mississippi State eking out like a like a ten point win. I think it's going to be a very narrow uh, cover for for the Bulldogs, but. I got I got Mississippi State covering. That's fair. I think this would be a close game. I think we can't overreact with okay, K-State. I think they've got really good returners. They've got some veterans on the staff. they got a really good coach. And this is kind of the same thing with the Iowa game, with that being minus 3.5. That's 7.5. I get that extra half point where I, I feel like Mississippi State could still win by 7 and be good. I think K-State plus 7.5 is a good pick here. I wouldn't bet on it with my money. I think Delton Thompson, they didn't show us much last week, but I think they can go out. Mississippi State, I really like them. Don't get me wrong. I think they could definitely win by 3-4-7 in that area. But I think I get a lot more uh, wide array of a pick if I get that K-State 7.5. So I'm going to roll I'm gonna roll with K-State 7.5 here. And it, happen, and it really happens to help that it's in Manhattan. So. Jeez, you're, uh, you're, you're, you're rolling with my dark horse. I'm rolling against my dark horse. What's going on over here? Now next, okay. Shout out to them. They're back. Tom Herman and the boys coming off a just embarrassing oh. loss to Maryland. They're hosting Tulsa. I like shout out to to the Canes. They're they're a twenty one point favorite. I think a lot. I, well, I I don't even know what to think about this. I I'm fired up. I'm fired up about how disappointing Texas is. Please just give me give me a little bit on what you thought of UT last week. Well, it's just like. <laughs> Here's the deal. I thought that Ellinger was actually going to do pretty good. He has not changed one little <laughs> no. bit from last season. I, I thought he'd come out and say, I had some maturity under my belt. I finally got it where it's like, I'm the man, Bichelle's not. Like, this is my season to come out. No, he did the same crap again where he just throw bad passes. And, and Texas somehow comes out with a really good defense and everything, but then it actually isn't good. Uh, Tom Herman, I don't even know. I Was he even coaching out there? He, he, like, had to take over the offensive coordinator yeah. reins. Yes, I saw that, and he's like, I was like, in the first quarter or something. It like, just, it's it just... They were, down, they were down 17-3, to three and he's yeah. like, well, I mean, what he did, okay, I'll give it to him. Like, they've got good players, like, I don't know, you know Colin Johnson, their wide receiver? Yeah, yeah. big 6'5 guy, I like him. I think this is another overreaction thing. I think Texas can beat them by, like, 40. Yeah, I, I think there will be a lot of people uh, either, either in overcorrection or for the memes uh, taking Tulsa. Yes. At, at least to cover, I I don't think that I, I, Texas Texas is going to beat this team. I mean, surely, surely Texas wouldn't lose two straight games if they are if they are back, right? Like, well, listen to this. They could easily start the season like one and four. Oh yeah, I mean, because after this, it gets really they, rough. They've got USC and USC TCU, K State, yeah, yeah. and then OU Texas. Yes, so they could. They could be looking really bad coming yeah. into OU Texas, as they have pretty much every year. You talk all this mess, Texas. You you say you're back. You got all these people saying you're back. What are we over here in, in Norman saying? They're not back. They say this every year. They're going to be terrible. I need to see something first. Then they go out, and they get swept to Maryland. I, I just... I, I, I said as, they were kind of mm, back last week. 
Oh, we, we both said they were kind of bad. I had them as th- number three in my Big 12. This is non-conference that they lost last year. I mean, last week. We didn't think it would be this Plus, bad. I didn't think it was going to be that bad. Uh, let's just hope that uh, they can at least be somewhat decent come Red River Showdown. So we don't have to deal with that. Texas is horrible kind of thing, and they we almost lost to them. Yeah, going into OU Texas out. thinking you're playing like a Baylor. And yeah. That, like, just, hopefully they turn it around, weirdly enough. I... I, just how dare you, Texas? How mm-hmm. dare you? You make you get my hypes up for a good OU Texas game, and then you blow it week one. How dare you? I we st- were all rooting for you, kind of. Yeah. Well, if Stanford goes out and beats USC, you'll get two one and one teams there, and maybe we'll see uh, yeah. what happens. But, I, uh, we'll see. But with UCLA at OU, last pick of the week, there, there's a lot of this. This line's really fluctuating right now. Uh, we've seen 21. We've seen as high as 30. We're gonna roll with the 25. We're gonna say. We this might update later in the week, so I think OU minus twenty five is pretty solid. Uh, the rain really scares me with this big timeline because I don't know if it's going to be as high scoring as we want it to be. But with twenty five, I think that's fair. I think we'll win by about twenty eight. I don't really give us having that high of a scoring thing. I think it'll be around thirty eight to ten. Uh, UCLA is embarrassed, honestly, from last week, and I just don't see Chip Kelly as some guy who gets him in the locker room, and gets him hyped up. I yeah. see him as just a little tubby man who's just kind of around his head. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, just, he's like more of a brain guy. He's not like a player's coach. I don't think. No, At least I don't no. think. I mean, he can talk and everything. I mean, he does easily. It's, like, a, it's like if you had Daryl Morey trying to head coach like a Very basketball true. team. Very true. Very true. But uh, I, I think I it will be lower scoring. I think OU by 28. So if the, if the line shifts to 30 or something, I think I'd take the UCLA, but with 25, this is a close one, I wouldn't bet on it, weather, never ever bet when there's inclement weather. Never bet with weather, I, that didn't rhyme, but it was, anyways, um, OU, um, I have OU, I, I agree, I think OU by four touchdowns is like kind of what you want, uh, this is a wildly fluctuating line, so I could see it dipping back under after people like kind of bet more whenever OU Bet the people will start betting UCLA when it's OU minus twenty nine and it'll dip down, but I, I see OU th- four or five touchdowns. Um, I don't think UCLA is any good. I think the rain really helps. Weirdly enough, helps OU because I think we're gonna, going to get a situation where our guys run all over this team. It's going to be a track meet situation at uh, that Kansas game with P Ryan. Exactly, exactly. So. Um, I, I, I'm just having a... I have a feeling that OU is going to slaughter this team. I'm going to pick OU. I'll pick OU at 25. I'll pick OU at 29. I, I'm i I'm always bad with OU picks. We'll, we'll, no lock, we'll lock it in right now at 25. We'll, get, we'll give you the benefit. Well, the okay, yeah. For the purposes of this competition, I'm locking OU at 25. Okay, so that's it for our eight picks. I kind of... I wish we would have done this last week. How did we actually? Not? <laughs> actually, I Actually, I don't wish... I'm just gonna go out. And be I don't either. With I'd be wrong. My play. So we're gonna do playoff predictions. I think it's kind of um, good idea at the beginning of the season. Yeah. I at number four, I had Michigan. At three, I had Washington. Two, Auburn. One, Clemson. I thought Auburn was gonna be Washington. That did happen. But like I say, with those first games of the season, it's not that big of a deal. But my playoff prediction now, it's a little bit different. Coming at number four. We can you want to just alternate back and forth. Yeah, yeah. Of okay, course. number four, I've got Stanford. I, I, I don't know. I think this is just kind of a weird thing. I just I think the Big Ten, yes, they didn't have a good week one. I'm not gonna overreact on it, but I think they're just gonna cannibalize each other. I think a one loss Stanford will get in over a two loss Big Ten team. 
Okay, um, and my number four, I got a um, bit of a wild pick here. I got a, uh, I got, I got Washington. No, not Washington. What I said, Wisconsin. This is my old pick. Uh, I got, I got Wisconsin at four. Um, I think the Big Twelve is or Big Twelve. The the Big Ten is really not very good. Uh, I'm I'm not really other than Ohio State. I I don't really think anyone's going to be great outside of Wisconsin. Um, I just I I I kind of I really like. I, I don't even know why I'm blanking on this. Mainly because I don't know if I really believe in Wisconsin. Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor. I, I think he's one of the best backs in college football. I think he runs through a very easy... Uh, what, what's what's the Big Ten? Is it like an East-West now? Did they move from uh, Leaders Legends? I, I, I really don't know. For this, whenever I was playing my NCAA football over and over and over, it was the, the Legends thing, I, you know, but I, I don't know yeah. if it's East and West now. They're in the one. They're in the bad one. That's yes. from, from here on yes. out. The scooter uh, pod vernacular is going to call it the Big Ten good one and the Big Ten bad one. Yes. Um, so they're in the bad one, uh, and I think they're going to absolutely just run through that division if they can beat Ohio State in the championship, which I think they will. I, I'm not big on Ohio State. That's fair. Um, I think they'll be in. So I'm going to go with Wisconsin at four. All right, guys. I didn't want to do this. I don't like like yeah, I always said I'm a skeptic. I got OU at three. Uh, I think we'll lose to, to. I'm still sticking. I think we'll lose to TCU. We'll be. I think we're going to be a one loss team now rather than a two loss team, uh, and we'll win the Big Twelve championship. And number three, I'm quite happy with number three. Yeah, I'd be okay with three, um, and that's where I have OU too. I also have OU at three. Uh, it's. I I I think there's too much of margin for one. Too much margin for error when it comes to. Um, OU tripping up along the way. And two, I just don't think our strength of schedule is enough to vault us over Clemson or Alabama, who I think probably are going to go winless or undefeated. You think you think Alabama's going to go undefeated? Uh, they're either going to go undefeated or have one loss, and they're just going to ignore it. Um, I, I almost put Auburn in at four. Well, I've my... got Auburn at number two. Oh, my gosh. I think that Alabama's going to have two losses this season. I think they're going to have a fluke loss. I think I really, really like Tua, but whenever you have a young quarterback, it's very. You see it often that, especially in the, uh, in the SEC, whenever you have, you saw how good the SEC was this season. I, like with LSU the other night, it shows that everyone in that conference is for real, especially in that division. Absolutely. The SEC West, and the good, and the good SEC division. Yeah, the good, the good, the good <laughs> one. Yeah. Well, that, that's easy. If you're if you're out if you're west of uh, Mississippi or east of Mississippi, you're probably terrible. I think Auburn, though, is going to go into the Iron Bowl, and I think it's going to be one loss Auburn, one loss Alabama, and Auburn is going, it's pretty much going to be the SEC Championship buy-in, and Auburn's going to win a really close game. I love Jarrett Stidham. I loved how Auburn played versus Washington. I think Washington's a very good team, and they really showed me that they've got legitimate uh, hype. Yeah, I, I like Auburn, um, but with number two, I'm going with Clemson. Uh I really, I'm, I'm big on, I'm big on what they're doing in the SEC, I, ACC. I think the ACC is having is going to have a really big down year. They did not look phenomenal this, uh, this. I mean, of course, it's just one week, but I did not think they looked very good. Um, I think Clemson is just on a higher class of everyone else in the ACC. I, I, I don't see them having any issues the rest of the way. Um, so. And, of course, they're going to have that kind of big SEC win, you know, against Jimbo and the boys down yeah. down in College Station. 
I I think they I think they pin that to their chest and write it to uh, to a very high pick. At number yeah, that they're my number one. I don't think they lose a game. I think it's gonna be very comfortable. Kelly Bryant looked to be in form, and if he doesn't, if he goes down, they got the number one overall player in the 2018 class, Trevor Lawrence, who went out and played really well yep. last week. And I'm going to say there are three defensive linemen again for our viewers. This is my third time. Clellan Farrell, Dexter Lawrence, and Christian Wilkins. They're really, really good. This defense is unstoppable. They are going to run through the mediocre offenses of the ACC. Yeah, it's it. I mean, the ACC is having a really down year. It's bloated. It's, I, I don't I don't see it being very good. I think Clemson's going to win it pretty easy. I, it's going to be a comfortable season for the for the Tigers. Now I got number my number one is Alabama. I I know it's kind of cliche to pick up number one, but uh, with Tua, I think I think Tua is really a game a, a real real game changer for them. The fact that they actually have a quarterback at quarterback instead of a, a running back, which is which is a huge plus. Um, I, I think it was against a very bad Louisville team, but they still looked really good. Um, I got, I, I just, I think Alabama this year, their defense looks good. I know they're, they have a little bit of a weakness on at linebacker, um, but I, I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to ride against Alabama. I hope, I severely hope they miss it. It would be great. I think the SEC West is tough. Uh, LSU is going to be a tough game. I don't. Is that in Death Valley or I don't know. I I, I probably need to pull. Uh, up. Yeah, let, let's pull up. I, I need to pull up to see if they're where like where they. I know Dyn Bowls in Tuscaloosa. Yes. I think they win that. Um, and, and, that's, and that was tough for me picking Auburn in that one because yes, it's so hard to go in Tuscaloosa. I don't. I just don't know, man. I just it, there's not too much that I'm really saying with this Auburn versus Alabama thing to like. Hey, I like Jarrett Stidham, but I'm not saying it's because Jarrett Stidham. They have a really win. really tough November. Uh, they have to play in Death Valley to kick off to kick off November. So that's gonna be a tough one. OU at LSU, or, uh, Alabama at LSU is gonna be tough. Then they have to play Mississippi State in Tuscaloosa. Then I they should be shaking in their boots over this one. This is a tough one. They got Citadel at home. <laughs> they, that's gonna be brutal. And I don't know how they recover from that Citadel game and get to the Iron Bowl. But you know somehow those 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 uh, Alabama, those Bama boys are gonna do it. <laughs> They're gonna play Auburn, and then uh, in the SEC title, you got probably probably, probably it's gonna be Georgia. Let's be real. So in the SEC, dang, that's uh, a tough yeah. one. That's a yeah, tough one. It really is. And I'm not saying anything bad about Bama. I think they're very good this year. I just have this weird hunch in me that's saying Auburn. It would be a real shame. Yeah, real big shame. Yeah. Big, oh, I would be. I'd be heartbroken if Alabama didn't make it. Yeah, I they, mean, you know us. We're big time Bama homers. Oh yeah, no, those guys just—they never get a break, and you know, it's just—it's really—it's really sad. You got Nick Saban all frustrated. You know, can't figure out a quarterback. It's yeah, real. it would be such a shame. Yeah. you know, right, Bobby? Like, yeah, like this. These spoiled fans. I, I know. Don't get me started on spoiled fans. Just, okay, just, we can just cut it off. Oh yeah. There. yeah. <laughs> Thoughts and prayers to Alabama for not knowing who their quarterback is. You know, we, we're all thinking of you down in Tuscaloosa. Um, Send Jalen Hurts over to Texas. Yeah, so <laughs> that's our show for the week. Uh, so thank you for following along. You can uh, please download, subscribe anywhere you can get your podcast. We're on iTunes. We're on uh, SoundCloud. All of that good stuff. So thanks for listening once again, and we will see you next week. All right, bye. <laughs> God, the all right bye. Yeah. Really, the all right bye was really lame. <laughs>